Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio. We both served missions for our church, and we just decided that our faith was something really important to us. It was a big part of our lives and something that we wanted to teach our children and keep for the rest of our lives. It's definitely the lens that we see everything through. Our faith is, you know, essential to who we are as as people. I remember when Skylar first told me that he was gay, he wrote me a note and left it on my doorstep and told me to go pick it up. And when I went and talked to him about it after, I asked a ton of questions. Just anything that I thought of, I would ask him. And there were some awkward ones, there were some that made me feel uncomfortable asking, but I had to ask. Because I wasn't going to go into a marriage that I thought was doomed to fail. Skylar knew he was gay when he met Amanda. But he loved her and he wanted to start a family with her. Both of them are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They're Mormons. And they believe that marriage is so much bigger than just the two of them. But that didn't mean that any of this was going to be easy. I think because we had such hard discussions early on, even before we were married. I think that set the tone for our marriage and prepared us for just anything that life could throw at you. 
Um, so with kind of that as a backdrop, we, me being gay really hasn't been the, the hardest thing of our marriage. It hasn't really, I mean, been an issue. I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. Skylar and Amanda met in their church group. My roommates and her roommates became friends. I mean, this is kind of the condensed version, but eventually I asked Amanda out on a date and kind of went from there. Amanda's an incredibly empathetic person. She just picks up on other people's emotions. She can actually feel them. So pretty quickly, she knew that Skylar was grappling with something, something pretty big. So she approached me and, you know, asked what was up and she kept doing that. And I just kept telling her that I was just kind of working through my own things and that, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I still, you know, I still want to continue this. Basically, I, I ended up telling her uh, that I was gay a lot sooner than I expected, <laughs> but it was good. It, um, it was probably three months into dating, but I opened up to her about it and that kind of acted as a springboard for talking about marriage because we would have a lot of conversations where she would ask a lot of questions, rightfully so, and I answered the best as I could. She asked a lot of questions, and we had those conversations that often started with, you know, if we got married, what would this look like? Or how would we do this? And basically, it just acted as a catalyst for us, eventually talking about us getting married and what that would look like. So it really moved us forward in that direction and, and was a good thing. Skylar was continuing to grapple with his desire to marry a woman, even though he'd already come to terms with himself as a gay man. I have very early memories of being attracted to other boys, and I just didn't fully understand what that meant. Throughout high school, I think, is when that light kind of turned on in my head, and I started recognizing um, what this was, and started the process of the reconciliation of, you know, my faith, my desire to stay within the church and have, um, I guess what you'd call a traditional marriage, you know, marrying a woman, you know, that desire in me never changed. It was just always me figuring out what that looked like for me in my unique situation. It was very confusing for me. I remember when Skylar first told me that he was gay, he wrote me a note and left it on my doorstep and told me to go pick it up. And first thing I I took it, went out to my car and read it. And the first thing I did was called my mom. And I was like, mom, this just happened. I have no idea what to do. Like, I don't even understand. I have a million questions. And my mom was really good at just being kind of objective and saying, well, it really is up to you too. I'm not going to tell you either way, whether this is something that you should pursue or whether this is something that you shouldn't pursue. You guys have to figure it out yourself, but just know that I'll support you in whatever you do. We really like Skylar. We obviously love you. We're here for you. 
And so I remember telling Skylar, like, I don't know if I told him this, but I felt when I read it and when I went and talked to him about it after, my main feeling was, well, I'm not ready to end this necessarily, but I'm also not ready to say I want to get married. I want to stop us for a second here to say that it's not that uncommon for folks in the Mormon church to discuss marriage fairly early on in the dating process. I think part of it has to do our emphasis on marriage, but part of it has to do with the fact that we practice abstinence before marriage. So it was kind of this space where I just was like, I I don't know. Over the next few weeks, couple of months, I asked a ton of questions. Just anything that I thought of, I would ask him. And there were some awkward ones. There were some that made me feel uncomfortable asking, but I had to ask. I had to be able to understand because I wasn't going to go into a marriage that I thought was doomed to fail. And so I had to ask the questions. I had to talk to him. So some of the misconceptions I had, I was sort of under the impression that he wasn't going to enjoy sex with me at all. And I was under the impression that we would only ever have sex to have babies and that's it. Which me, I was a virgin at the time, probably TMI, but I had no idea about any sort of... I just was so naive. I was so young and just hadn't ever been exposed to anything like that. And so I was like, okay, well, I've lived my whole life without anything sexual, so I don't really care, which sounds kind of crazy, but that's the mindset I was in. I told Amanda that I didn't think it was that crazy. If you don't know anything else, if you've never done this thing, you have no idea what you're actually missing out on. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of the questions I asked were just like, what have you always envisioned with marriage? And how do you feel towards women? And how do you feel about me? And are you attracted to me? Do you think I'm beautiful? Are you grossed out by me? Do you think my female body parts, you know, my breasts, my vulva, whatever. Do you think those are gross? Like, are you grossed out by them? Like all these different things, just so many different questions. A lot of the answers to those questions were, I don't know yet, or I am figuring that out. The question of if I was like grossed out by her or anything like that, I've never been grossed out with her. I've always found her beautiful and I love her personality and I love spending time with her and I love being close to her. I love being intimate with her. Um, And the, the realization of how much that could work and how much Um, success and the happiness we could find in our intimate life definitely came after trial and error and a lot of, you know, practice and, and figuring it out with our unique situation. I didn't know the answers to all the questions, obviously, but all the answers I did have, I I made sure to let her know and make sure that she was in a, a comfortable place where she didn't feel obligated to continue this because I had opened up about this to her, but also that she understood that I did want this to continue if possible, and and I did love her and um, wanted to give it a, a shot. We went on our first date in March, and then 
we got engaged in November the same year. So it was pretty fast. I think it's probably more of a, a cultural thing within our church to also like talk about it beforehand. We went ring shopping. She picked out her ring. So she knew it was coming. And I was lucky enough to trick her into thinking that she was coming to a bonfire with some friends. But I had set up kind of a, a layout of like a blanket and, and made a little video for her and proposed to her kind of, yeah, that night. Time for a quick break. Be right back. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Skylar and Amanda explained some things to me about the concept of marriage in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. See, the two of them believe in what's known as celestial marriage. Their faith calls it being sealed to their spouse. So our marriage can exist beyond this life. So it's it's obviously very important to us, you know, the, the decision of, of choosing a spouse is, is, you know, there's a lot of weight to it with anyone, of course, but I think with us even maybe more so, just with that perspective of it lasting, you know, beyond this life. So that is probably one of the most fundamental teachings of our church and something that we hold to very strongly. And obviously, you know, bringing children into the world it's such an important decision, and we also believe that we can be with our children forever. So it's the most fundamental teaching of our church and something we take very seriously, and that translates into marriage within the church. And kind of like Amanda was saying, often leads to kind of quirky cultural things where marriage is often pushed a lot more quickly than by the world standards. That's why Skylar knew he wanted to marry a woman, a woman who could be his best friend, his life partner, a woman he could start a family with. So about a year later, in January of 2019, um, we started trying to get pregnant. And we found out we were pregnant in March of 2019. We were so happy. We were over the moon happy. And just blissful and ignorant and just so happy about what our future was going to hold for us. And I had pretty much a perfect pregnancy. I had hardly any issues all up until about the end of July of 2019. We started noticing that 
I was leaking more fluid than was usual. And that was going on. It was like a small amount, but it started increasing. And so we decided that it was time for me to call the doctor. And he suggested that we go to the labor and delivery unit at the hospital. And we went in and it turned out that I was leaking amniotic fluid. And so they thought that my amniotic sac had ruptured partially. And after getting an ultrasound, they noticed that Milo, sorry, our son, we were pregnant with a boy. They noticed that his feet were sticking out of my cervix. And that meant that I would have to be delivering him early. How many weeks were you? At that point, they actually adjusted what what weeks I was at based on his size. So I was at about 24 weeks and two days at that time. Because Milo's feet were sticking out and he was breached, they told us that I would have to have a vertical C-section which is where they cut your stomach horizontally, but then your uterus, they cut vertically. Because my uterus was so small, I was so not far along, basically they wouldn't be able to get him out if they cut him traditionally, if they cut the uterus traditionally. They tell us that, and then right after telling us that I would have to be going through a C-section, they drop a bomb on us saying that, oh, but if you do have a vertical C-section, you could have more complications in the future with further pregnancies, which could end in this life-threatening issue called placenta accreta and could end in a hysterectomy for you. And so they're telling me all this information and it was just an absolute overload of info and scary things. I don't know, Skylar, how are you feeling? Definitely overwhelmed. That's probably the best word to describe our feelings at that time and the real Uh, as well. I think all of that information coming down on us at once was very difficult. And here we were, these new parents who were so excited to have, you know, our future ahead of us, exactly how we planned. And just within the space of hours, we're told all of these things that just completely disrupts what we envision for our future. Luckily, it was kind of a miracle. They told us that Milo there's just no way that he could flip so he was head down in the space that he was there's just no way that that he could do that so that's what we were told i think just the next day we were doing the ultrasound and the doctor said oh baby's head is down she was able to deliver vaginally and that allowed us the possibility of continuing our family in the future so we're really grateful for that we ended up delivering him on august 1st in the morning and since he was so little they wanted him delivered in the OR where the NICU team could be right there and they could work on getting him intubated and all of that stuff. So I delivered him relatively quickly after they got us in there and they rushed him away immediately and all I saw out of the corner of my eye was just like a blur of skin. So I didn't even really get to see him and they took him immediately to the NICU team And they worked on getting him intubated, getting his heart rate up because he was having struggles with his heart rate and just getting him into a stable state. And Skylar actually got to go in and and see them working on him and 
and all that. So I was able to follow them um, as they rushed him to the NICU area where the neonatologist worked on intubating them. They had a whole team of people intubating him and it was it was pretty nerve-wracking. They couldn't get his heart his heart rate up, supposed to be at least above 100, and it was, I think, the low 40s initially. So they were working on him for probably five minutes with me just just watching in terror and just hoping and praying that, you know, it would work out. And luckily, they got his heart rate up, and they were able to stabilize him. So they got him established in the NICU, where he lived for... 24 days, a lot of ups and downs during that time. That's kind of how they prepare you for the NICU stay is there are a lot of defeats, but also a lot of progress. And you just have to take the wins and expect the losses, but just move on. And we luckily, we got to hold him. Amanda got to hold him a couple times and I got to hold him once doing skin to skin. It was a really emotional time, very special, but very difficult. Yes, definitely difficult for sure. For me, it was it was really hard. He was so tiny. He was only a pound and a half when he was born and 12 inches long. And so seeing my teeny tiny baby hooked up to so many wires and tubes and, you know, not being able to help him or do anything for him really was really hard. It was really hard. And I was also pumping because they say breast milk is best for premature babies. It helps prevent a lot of different things. And so I was also really tired because I was getting up every couple of hours to pump. But when I look back on the NICU experience, I just like am filled with joy and happiness because it was the short little time, sorry. It was the short time that we had with him. And so I just look back on it with so much happiness and love because he was here with us. It was definitely by necessity that we came closer together as a couple. Also just our personalities, we naturally kind of glom onto each other when we are struggling. We obviously couldn't have done this without each other. And so we, we had to lean on each other to tell each other when we were having a bad day, when one person was having the other a bad day, the other would comfort them and it was just a growing experience for us for sure a difficult one but one that brought us closer together and just incre- increased our love for each other yeah i remember the night that milo passed away it all happened so suddenly and we were in a they had taken us and given us our own hospital room where after he passed, we can hold him and they let us like dress him and bathe him and, you know, change his diaper, take care of him, take pictures with him, get like a hand mold. And so I remember we had all of our family there and after all of them left, it was just Skylar and I, and we just kind of took some time with him, with Milo and... I remember Skylar turned to me and he's like, I was never going to leave you before, but there's no way and there's no way in hell I'm leaving you now, basically. And so that's just kind of always been our feeling is that like we've been through so much together that we just want to be together and help each other through it. 
At the end of the day, that's what marriage is, right? It's two people trying to help each other through the messiness of life. At the end of the day, marriage is a partnership. Let's take a quick break here. When we get back, Skylar and Amanda tell me how they started to rebuild their lives after losing Milo. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Coming out of the other side of this tragedy, losing Milo, Skylar and Amanda had to figure out what was next, how they could keep going. I, I think as a couple, you can either go one of two ways. You can come together during tragedy and lean on each other and rely on each other and grow closer, or you can draw apart and deal with it uh, individually and eventually grow apart. So like I mentioned, our personalities just luckily allow us to come together as a couple. So from that experience, because it was so difficult, it's almost like anything that we go through now is just, (laughs) just a breeze. It's just, we have been through hell and back and what else could be thrown our way is kind of how we see it. And obviously we still have bad days and, and we still, obviously we, we, we lost our son, but we still have things that are difficult aside from losing Milo, but it's kind of set the path for our relationship and allowed us to just grow together as a couple. Yeah, definitely. I would say too, grief changes you. It really does. Especially when you lose a child, it doesn't go away. But you learn how to live a new normal with that grief that's now your companion. And it's definitely a part of our marriage now. There are times where we kind of just grieve together, however that looks. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to explain it this way. So grief is kind of like waves, and sometimes you'll be really overpowered by lots and lots of grief. And sometimes you'll be okay. And then out of nowhere, a huge wave of grief will come. And so for a marriage, it's interesting because it'll happen where I have a really powerful wave of grief and Skylar has to be, I have to lean on him and he'll just let me cry and he'll just hold me. But sometimes it's the other way where, It'll be a really powerful wave of grief for Skylar and I have to be there for him. And sometimes it happens at the same time. 
And we have to be there for each other, cry together, hold each other, just be in that painful space together. Because of the miracle of Milo flipping over, Amanda can get pregnant again. She can have more children in the future. Milo passed away at the end of August in 2019. And even though she knows she can get pregnant, it hasn't been easy. Fertility is hard in general, but after loss, it just, it just, there's even more of an ache to have a child because you've lost one. You know what it's like to have one. So to deal with that after loss has been hard. We actually got pregnant back in, let's see, it was in, we found out in June that I was pregnant. And then shortly after I actually miscarried. We've kind of had a rough journey with that as well. Both Skylar and Amanda say that Skylar being a gay man is not the most difficult issue in their marriage. They want everyone to know that their marriage is very similar to most heterosexual or same-sex couples in terms of their challenges, of the everyday stuff that they go through that every couple goes through. We have normal marriage issues and it, it really doesn't have to do with my sexuality. I, I don't identify myself purely based on my sexuality. That's part of me, but it's definitely not the biggest part of me, not something that I focus on. I think because we had such hard discussions early on, even before we were married, I think that set the tone for our marriage and prepared us for just anything that life could throw at you. So with kind of that as a backdrop, me being gay really hasn't been the hardest thing of our marriage. It hasn't really been an issue. It has come up, it does come up. Things that we struggle with, like you said, are just normal marriage things, just communication. Today, we were kind of in the process of looking at moving, eventually buying a home, and we, it was it's brand new territory for us. So there is a lot of just uncertainty and it's very stressful. So we had some communication issues there and communicating the desires that we each had in a future home. Our marriage is, I think we have a very unique relationship. I think partly because, you know, my personality, which me being gay has, it's definitely made me who I am today. A couple days after Milo passed away, or I don't even remember, a little bit after Milo passed away, I remember turning to Skylar and I was just curious. I wasn't wanting any specific answer. I was just curious. And I turned to him and said, losing Milo has been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I said, is it for you or being gay and being married to a woman? He was like, oh, instantly. He was like, oh, definitely losing Milo. That has been the absolute hardest thing that I've gone through. I know that's a, you know, it's a rare thing. It's a unique situation losing your child, but that just kind of goes to show that it's not even like, I don't know. I don't want to speak for Skylar, but basically it's not even a question for him as to how hard, I mean, it's hard. I'm not going to say it's not hard. I don't want to diminish anybody's experience or anything that they've gone through, but I just want to say that for us, that hasn't been the case. What are the parts of it that are hard, that are still hard, and that you imagine are going to be hard forever in the future? For me, at least, there are moments where I get insecure 
and I convince myself, oh, he doesn't, he's not actually attracted to you. He doesn't actually like you or love you. And I get inside my head and I convince myself of all these different things. But if I go to Skylar and I say, hey, I'm, I'm feeling this way, like, could you clear things up? Immediately, he's able to clear things up and just be like, no, that's not true at all. So it's more so just like my own thought processes and convincing myself that he doesn't actually love or care about me. Amanda is very good at beating herself up. Like she said, she she struggles with feelings of self-worth and just feeling loved and valued as a person, which I think we all do to some extent. That is one thing that I definitely, I don't think regret is the right word, but just one aspect about our marriage that I wish I could change. I wish she didn't have to go through. But it's almost like they feed off of each other, where my sexuality feeds into her fears of being unloved as a person. And that is something that I I wish she didn't have to experience. And that obviously affects me as well, not to the extent that it affects her. Everyone has to learn how to better express their love for their spouse. But I think with my sexuality mixed into that, it's definitely amplified that if I can speak for Amanda, which I think I can because we have a lot of conversations about it. But I mean, you're welcome to input on that, Amanda. No, I think you're spot on. Yeah. Like I said, I get inside my head and and I convince myself that he doesn't love me because he's gay. And so it's more so that, but you know, a little communication. We always end up clearing it up, but we have our moments. But I think just our personalities are so unique that we have a very good relationship. We love hanging out with each other we hardly (laughs) when we're away from each other we miss each other and we like our alone time every now and then but we work together we spend the evenings together we are that annoying couple who's a little bit too affectionate in public but don't really care (laughs) and we just love spending time with each other skylar and amanda prefer to use the term demisexual to describe skylar I have to admit that I had never heard about it before our interview, so I asked Skylar to explain it to me. So demisexual, that is something that we hadn't heard of either. We we just kind of ran across it from somewhere else and did a little bit of research. And based on the vernacular that we have, it's the best description of what I experienced that we could come up with. It doesn't exactly match how I feel. Basically, demisexual is only experiencing a sexual attraction once a deep emotional connection has been achieved. That's very similar to my experience with marrying Amanda. I've always been drawn to her as a person, and I've always found her beautiful. But as our emotional connection has deepened as a couple, my attraction to her has increased. And I I think that happens obviously with everyone, but in the the context of my sexuality, I'm surprised day in and day out, I guess how attracted I can be to Amanda without that traditional sexual attraction that you would attribute to someone who is maybe bisexual. I don't identify with that because I'm not sexually attracted to women. I have found a unique but good attraction to Amanda that allows us to be close as a couple, allows us to be intimate. We have, without being too graphic, we have a very happy sex life. And that's something that I don't completely understand, 
but that I'm obviously grateful for and I think is, is very special. I remember being asked for when we did a, an article if I wished that Skylar wasn't gay. And obviously, I do wish that because I've seen the heartache that he's had to go through. I've seen the pain. But there are so many different things about Skylar that I love so much that I think maybe stereotypically people would coin as more feminine attributes. But I find them very attractive. You know, he's so kind and loving. And I wouldn't want to be with anyone else. So if, you know, if it meant that I had to be with someone else in order to be with someone who wasn't gay, then I wouldn't want that. I want to be with Skylar. of things that I love about Amanda. She's just a joy to be with. (laughs) She makes me laugh. Our humor is so similar. We just enjoy being with each other. I love Amanda's smile and her laugh. They're just so contagious and she's got this cute little dimple above on on the top of her cheek that is so cute. (laughs) Your turn. Man, how do I top all those things? I really love Skylar, and I really love how kind he is, how willing to help me he is. I swear, I have asked the most ridiculous things of him, and he's just like, yeah, sure, I'll go do it. He's just the kindest. He so badly wants to provide for me, for our children, for our future, and that's something that I love so much. He's so dedicated to that, and he wants to make sure I have the best. I also love his sense of humor. He makes me laugh. We just have fun together when we're together. I just like being around him, being near him. Like Skylar said, when we're apart, we miss each other. We want to be together. I obviously am attracted to him. I think he's very handsome. Love everything about him. (laughs) Thanks, babe. This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza, with special thanks to Amanda and Skylar Sorensen. It was produced, edited, and mixed by Ramsey Yunt. The executive producers are Joe Piazza and Tyler Clinton. Theme song by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. Or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com that's j-o at committedpodcast.com you can grab a copy of joe's book how to be married on amazon or wherever books are sold committed is a production of iHeartRadio and produced in our studios located in atlanta georgia for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows 